This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is sponsored by Fisher Skis, and you can visit them at www.fishersports.com. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Adam Jabber. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast, and today we have Elliot Wilkinson Ray on the podcast, and he is the owner of Ripton & Co., uh, everybody's favorite jorts company, uh, which now makes jeans and jackets and all kinds of shit. So uh, really excited to have him on the show, talk about his business, talk about how it started, some of the struggles, and some of the things that they've done really well um, in resonating with their audience and finding who their customer is. So I was really excited to have this conversation, and I'm even more excited for you to listen to it. So I hope you enjoy it. Before we jump into the episode, a couple quick things. One, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you would like to. We really appreciate it here. It's a thing that we're trying to focus on quite a bit. Uh, if you're looking for new written articles, we have some on the outofpodcast.com site as well as some on bikemag.com now. So there are uh, we're doing a little collaboration with that crew, and uh, I'm going to be writing for them under the collective name. So... Uh, more than welcome to jump in there. Also, Rocky Talkies is a sponsor of the Out of Bounds podcast. If you are looking for an excellent backcountry radio, some would say the best backcountry radio, get yourself a Rocky Talkies. Uh, get yourself a set. You and your partner can always have one, whether it's you need one for shooting, you need one for your safety, you need one to just improve your overall backcountry experience, whether that is for ski or for bike. I think for ski, it is an absolute must have. So I would highly recommend going and getting one now. Uh, go to rockytalkies.com. That is R-O-C-K-Y-T-A-L-K-I-E-S.com and use promo code out of 10 all spelled out. Get yourself 10% off right now. Without further ado, here's my friend and yours, Elliot Wilkinson-Ray. Elliot, tell people who you are, tell them a little bit about yourself, and then we can kind of take it from there. Hey, my name is Elliot Wilkinson-Ray, and um, I started Ripton, um, which is a performance denim, originally uh, a jorts company uh, a couple of years ago, and um, we're a, uh, started just kind of selling jorts out of my, my studio apartment in Aspen, Colorado, about three years ago, and uh, we're growing into like what is now like a micro business um from from there uh so yeah what are we classifying as a micro business you know there were how many there are four of us in the office today so okay that's pretty micro right when i talk to people and they're like i'm going i'm working for a company with six people in marketing i'm like okay well that sounds huge to me you know like we had four people yeah four people at work today um but you know with the whole remote thing we do have like we have a lot of like half people and you know, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're pretty small. Yeah. Why, why jorts? How did you get into this? Like what's the, what's the backstory here? Um, I think I've always like, I was a athlete in Vermont, like a ski racer. And I always kind of um, felt a little like I didn't fit in maybe a little bit. And like, um, like competitive sports were a little too like serious and a little too like conf yep. conforming. Um, so I always liked when people could sort of dress down a little bit at things that were sort of competitive and intense. Um, I liked spring series ski races and, um, and then I got into the bike industry in California after leaving Vermont. And there was that same sort of thing there that was a little counterculture and a little street, little skater, like uh, just like wearing, 
wearing jorts, wearing Carhartts, just kind of being like, you know, of course you can get the craziest, you know, most waterproof fabric and the most expensive bike, but it starts to feel a bit like an arms race and lose a sense of soul. And uh, so I don't know, there's something just about my experience in life and uh, thinking what I, like looking at what I thought was kind of cool. Um, and I thought uh, we need, we need more people kind of, uh, kind of poking fun at, poking fun at outdoor, like what you guys are doing and um, just bringing, bringing the fun to things and kind of questioning the, the status quo a little bit. And um, I, I worked for some businesses that made some like more comfortable stretch kind of cool hybrid denim products. And that's when a light bulb went off that I thought there could be more, more and like just taking it a little, like getting more into it evolving that category and seeing if people were going to like that or if it was too quirky um and just trying something different and then people kind of liked jorts thin stretchy jorts for biking and hiking and skiing and stuff at the beginning and then we tried another product which was overalls and because i've always i was like a landscaper growing up i always liked overalls and like skiing car hearts and that kind of thing and people love the hybrid fabrics and denim overalls and so we've just kind of kept riffing on the next thing we're tiny so it takes us a while to get things made but um but uh we, every, everything's not everything's totally crushed but a lot of things have done a lot better than we thought so that's just been mm. been the been the evolution um just kind of one thing at a time making things we thought were cool or fun or funny why why do you think that message has been resonating with people like over the last few like it's only been i think you said three years taking it serious serious and it's like it, it seems like everywhere i look on every on every page on Instagram, whoever's riding bikes is in a pair of Riptons at this point. And obviously it's I, I think part of that is because I wear Riptons <laughs> and I like them a lot. And so I'm seeing more people wearing them. But yeah. Why why do you think the message is resonating? Why do you think the product is resonating with people? Um Yeah, I, I mean I think in a broader context, like the outdoor industry is I don't know how old it is. It's like 60, 70 years old. Like if you think about, you know, Patagonia and North Face and, and, and like the founders of what was climbing and outdoor culture. And, um, and so that feels like a certain amount of time where people are maybe like, okay, that's really cool. Gore-Tex is sweet. Like I've got a puffy coat now. Like, like what are we all doing here? Like, are we trying to be the best? Are we trying to summit the most peaks? I think we're, we're really at a point where our culture is questioning is it going the fastest or is it having the most fun? And is it, is outdoor about conforming and kind of looking the most pro or is it about having the most fun? And we can all, we can all, I don't think you should always have to be a, a George person or always be a Rafa, Rafa person. And like, I still like doing a bike race. I, you know, own maybe one pair of spandex, but you know, like, like you, you shouldn't have to be this one thing and like, Oh, you're, always counterculture or whatever but you know um there's a lot to be said for for focusing on fun when you're in the outdoors and i think adults especially we're just not around we're always like as adults we're always kind of measured against our career and our success and our seriousness and how dialed we are and not necessarily how much fun we're having whereas like that's pretty much the focus as kids um, yeah. so I think, uh, I think outdoor is just in a mature maturation phase where it's like people are seeing different ways to take it. Um, and you see it happening. I mean, I've just seen it happening organically 
ever since I've been in this, you know, space, like people just being like, you know, yeah, I could go wear all the fancy shit, but I'm just going to wear something that's like really simple or affordable or something I thrifted or, um, I'm going to ski in a, you know, like a poncho or, you know, a onesie or, you know, I, I just think like questioning, um, that there's one right way to do things is really healthy in any culture, um, in any, any area. So I, I think, uh, denim, you know, when you explain denim in the outdoors to the layman or someone that's really like maybe more, uh, you know, like the Aspen tourist that's like coming up to you and is just fresh, fresh here from Florida or Texas or somewhere where they're not as exposed to much outdoor culture. Um, they're like, that's so stupid. Like, why would you use this, you know, fabric solution for this thing? And you're like, that's kind of the point. It's kind of like dumb it's like being dumb on purpose, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and we've like, you know, I think some of the fabrics we found and some of the hybrid tech we've used has made it like as, you know, as maybe a little less dumb, like a little bit actually like functioning. But but part of it is the, the parody and the paradox of, of a fabric that, you know, maybe in the 70s, everybody skied in jeans and it was sick. And then... People were like, oh, I want the best shit. I want to be the most, in biking, they call it, like, the most factory or in skiing. It might be, like, yeah. the, might be like the most pro. And then people are like, you know what? I don't know. That whole, like, that paradigm is not something that I'm kind of tired of that paradigm. The way, like, Instagram became just who could, like, go to Vegas all the time. And, um, so I think, I think people like that. And I think um, there should be more types of brands trying that kind of thing and experimenting there's all these all these it's fun to see the really small like homegrown like people modifying apparel and selling them one at a time or or all the all the pointy hat brands people are selling out of their subarus and stuff just like i think there's got to be more more people uh, just trying things yeah it seems like there is i think you're 100 percent dead on the last few years it seems like people have kind of gotten sick of the industry's bike and ski being so serious that we're starting to see people kind of pull away from that a little bit more because i don't know when i grew up and i was bike racing a bit everything was so serious all the time it was all about the best gear the best spec the best whatever and you almost get like trained into that mindset that like if i'm not wearing gore-tex it's shit you know if i'm not in a full kit right now to race my bike I'm not really going for it. And like, you find yourself, like I had this moment five years ago where I'm like just riding a trail for fun in a spandex kit. I'm like, I'm fucking ridiculous right now. Like, (laughs) this is not a thing. I don't need to do this. I want to just go session a certain part of the trail and not have to think about it. And, but I'm like in the, I just feel like I'm in this thing that doesn't make any sense for me. Yeah. 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 And I think bike has become, way more street and way more like skatey in the last year or so it's been really cool to see a lot of these like teenagers or early 20s putting out edits in their car hearts and 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 i think free rides really all about that they want to be you know they're they're wearing kind of baggy stuff or whatever and they're like they look like skateboarders and they're like they look pretty cool it looks a little ridiculous but it looks like way sick like they're just being themselves and they're just like uh i think that's it's a small part of the 
the cultural sort of trend right now, but I think that the free riders are doing it more than anyone. But I, I think that's totally like when you see people at Rampage or Formation just wearing like an old ratty tee and like some jeans, like yeah. doing backflips. I'm like, that's like, that's like surf skateboard culture where you're just like, you're wearing what you want to yeah. go get a burrito with your, with your bros. Like you're wearing that same shit. Like when you're riding, I think that's kind of self-expressive and, and kind of, kind of cool. So um, yeah yeah i don't know i don't know where it'll go but um it's fun like as a brand you just try something and see if it hits or if people like it and um they don't always and then you listen to them a lot and you try something weird again and that's sort of the iterative process we are in like our our third full year in business yeah yeah i think one of the best things about having a small business is the ability to pivot and pivot kind of quickly like Oh, I lost you. Sorry, I just there you go. I just froze. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I think one of the best things about a small business is being able to pivot quickly and make decisions quickly. And maybe like like you said, product might not show up as rapidly as a huge brand, but like as far as making decisions in terms of where the brand goes, like you you make that call and the call gets made and it could be implemented right away basically, as far as the function of the business goes. Yeah. I think, you know, you were talking before we started recording about getting like a little burnt out on stuff. And I think being like um, predictable can be um, for creative people can really uh, can wear you down. And I think that's sort of the formula that maybe the outdoor industry is like kind of wearing the consumer down around a little bit. Like what's the new buzzword for our new buckle system or something. Um, And so I think, yeah, like small brands can do stuff that's really like would be never approved by like a board of directors or like a more organized organization that sounds really like, you know, like when Elon Musk made flamethrowers or something like that. Right. It was like really, yeah, yeah. really stupid and random. Like you can't, when you're small, I guess anybody can do this with enough freedom and autonomy, but um, you could make something like we made a denim apron out of excess denim and it sold out in like an hour. And it was just like, it was just kind of, we call it like a performance japron. We're like, that's like kind of stupid. And then everybody loved it. So, you know, like you can just try weird shit and people might, it might not sell a single thing or it might do really well. But I think that's, that's part of the, that's part of the fun of putting denim into the outdoors is the whole premise <laughs> is a little bit ridiculous. So you should just go for it, you know? Yeah. What's the worst, like, biggest dud you guys have made to date at this point? Um, you know, I think uh, the one that I ordered quite a bit of that moved slow, at least at first, was just a jogger. And I realized that I found a fabric when I was over in Turkey looking at all the cool hybrid fabrics. It was, like, so comfortable. And it was, like, denim, but it was, like, a jogger. So it was sort of, like, athleisure, like a sweatpant. And our brand, mm-hmm. our brand is so much more about like getting out there and like getting kind of rugged and like a harder use case that a jogger, yeah. that a jogger is just a little bit too like, you know, around town athleisure um, for, for who we are. But, um, but you know, then we've like kind of marked it down for, for like whatever half off or something. And we've sold thousands of them. So um and some, yeah. sometimes it can be a price point too. I, I had a lot of trouble making things affordably early on. So we're getting more and more competitive price points and that can, you move something down five, 10 bucks and all of a sudden it like just starts evaporating. So that can be part of it too yeah. versus uh, whether people like the product. 
Let me let me ask you this. Early on, as far as a marketing strategy goes for you guys, what what was the idea? How was like how what was the plan to get people aware of the brand early on? Because I think you guys did a lot of smart things, especially like you know, like girls got to eat dirt, right? Like that was a good thing for a lot of people. Like video got, I don't know, hundred thousand views, two hundred thousand views, something like that. Like, and I feel like that put a lot of people on notice that this kind of thing existed, but I kind of want to hear from you about what you guys did early on to kind of put the product in front of people. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any funding or any money. I was completely broke, like the most broke I've ever been in my life. Um, starting ripped in. So I, you know, I had like probably a hundred bucks in my bank account. Um, so, um, spent a little money on like the pattern and like to come in some of the first little things. And then, uh, so I had a little Excel sheet that um, I like sent around to my friends so they could put in their size and their address and stuff. So I didn't even know like Shopify. I guess I knew Shopify was a thing, but I didn't have a Shopify or any website yet. So people would just put it was like in a Google sheet. They'd put their info in. I had about 200 people, a little bit less than that, actually, like 120 people put their info in and just like pre-order basically um, and then Venmo me. Um, and so that was like, you know, I think like if your friends like something, that's a good sign. Um, or you're making, you know, like Steve jobs is like, make something for your friends, like, you know, make sure they think it's cool. Same with like musicians you hear say that kind of thing. I think there's a lot of truth to that. If your friends are like, this is kind of cool. Um, they get excited. Their eyes light up. I first made jorts just for guys. And then I'd go to the red, the red onion, you know, and Aspen in my jorts and, uh, in the winter and, uh, all the, all the girls in town would be like, jorts, what the hell? That's sick. You know, they get, they get all fired up. And I was like, dude, girls are like way more aware of clothing than guys. Like they think about it a lot more. Um, and that's, yeah. that's when I was like, I gotta make jorts for, for women. Um, and, uh, and so then I got right on kind of working on launching guys and girls together. Um, just from a little bit of customer feedback, like at the bar basically. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, through friends, but like really small networks. Um, and uh, and then I was like a photo video person in marketing um, in my short professional career and uh, leveraged some of those skills. You know, I think we all have we all have networks, you know, whether they're huge or, or not that huge. Um, and you just got to like you got to work that and, and see where it can go, because if those people get excited, they'll talk to other people about it and um i don't think we had any sort of like early stage genius just just keep going and um i didn't really have a, much of a backup plan and when covid hit i lost my um construct like all the jobs I was working at a ski school and a parking cars at, for a hotel and all those jobs just ended so i was like all right here we go let's just like focus on this um but uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that first film got what you know, we got lucky with that. Um, I think it was easier. It was actually already easy. It was easier to go viral on on YouTube and mountain biking like two years ago. Like we've been putting out more content and I think people are just moving towards the TikTok style world so much now. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that helped. Um, I don't know. Just just trying trying things. <laughs> I mean, we all try things that don't work at all, you know, especially in marketing 100% in marketing. Yeah. So, you know, you gotta, 
I think that resilience and like what you guys have done, I'm sure you've been through so many of the similar things where it's all about just giving it a go. And then you, you might look back on a Instagram post or a video oh, or something dude. and be like, wow, that thing like went huge and we've got on the map and it got hundreds of thousands of views, but it's not like when you were posting that or creating that, you knew it was going to be a smash hit. Like it's, I think a lot of it, a lot of these startup y things are just about getting over that fear of failure and, and just trying to like bring the fun to trying, like enjoy trying things. Yeah. Yeah. I think early on, like for us, it was, and even still now, like just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what happens. And like sometimes I look back on those old things and like I'll look at stuff that did well and I'm like, how the fuck did this do well? And then I'll look at, stuff that I thought was going to do really well. And now I look at it through a different lens and I'm like, that was dog shit yeah. at the time. I was like, this is the best thing ever. This will work. And it completely tanks. And it's just, I think the toughest thing about being a business owner, especially in the outdoor industry is one that, you know, everybody. So like, you feel like you're putting on a performance almost for all the people that you know, in some way or another, <laughs> which always made me feel really weird. But I also, one of the hardest things for me was like holding myself accountable, not in like a, we need to do better. Like I always felt like we need to do better, but holding myself accountable to take in some of the criticism, take in some of the things that I thought we could do better and just trying to figure shit out and not be too hard on myself because every time something wouldn't do well, I'd be like, fuck this shit. Yeah. I'm quitting. I don't want to do this anymore. Like this is fucking dumb. I'm just going to like go back and work at the ski shop, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thick skin, I feel like, is is acquired. I think most um, creator, founder people are a little um, self-critical and, and can be sensitive to feedback and just be like, all right, For sure. you, you don't like it? Well, fuck yourself, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> but if you're going to try to improve what you're doing, you have to, like, get a lot of feedback. So that's that's definitely taken me a couple years to, like, get used to and just like fully like embrace it's like it can be a tough medicine but uh it's definitely important has there been any valuable feedback that you've gotten from people that at first you were like eh, i don't i don't really see where this is gonna go and then it ended up being a thing that you stuck to and it worked out well i feel like that's just integrated into my process like on a daily basis now um i just like it was more the internal resistance to criticism mm. um that uh that is it almost it might be like a human instinct i mean we don't really yeah. like we don't really love criticism right when you're like right you know partner tells you you left a mess in the kitchen you got to clean like, we don't you know we don't really like that kind of thing or your your boss yeah. your boss tells you you got to start showing up on time or like i don't know that's probably just built into our dna so i feel like just getting over that hurdle for me of um this is good and the answer lies past all this um sort of um you know lack of satisfaction from people um is uh just like i think part part of the fun now um and uh yeah I'm trying to think of yeah like you know we just launched jeans last week and we made like a more form-fitting jean and all the trends right now are really wide if you go into madewell or levi's it's all like wide 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 and we made a wider we made a wider jean the wider jeans are really cool um but the more fitted jean is outselling like three to one so you know oh, I, I was like 
when when we designed it, I was like, I like these, but maybe this isn't on trend or we totally off sides here with the trends. But people like just a classic look and, you know, it's mostly the middle schoolers that are dressing like that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, do you, how do you set, do you set targets for yourself with the business? Like, do you, like, do you go into year 2020 say and be like, I want to sell a hundred pairs of George this year? Like, is that a, is that a thing? Because at a certain point, those milestones have to mean something to you personally. But I, I wonder because I do this, right? Like I do this with social engagement. I do this with like number of listeners. Like I always like look at a, like I need something to shoot at sometimes. Yes. So I wonder if you do the same thing. Yeah. Um, we've just started doing that as a team. I think as a team, it's really powerful because then everyone kind of can align on like, Oh, these are our goals. Um, and, um, so we're doing, we're doing quarterly goals like a lot of businesses do, but, um, um, yeah, you know, we'll focus on, you know, it could be, or, and then I have them for myself. It could be like hiring or, um, or, um, product focused stuff or, um, you know, certain sell throughs. Um, we've been, yeah, we've been, we're so small. It's hard when you're like a tiny acorn of a business, um, uh, to like analyze your numbers that much, but you know, we, we've, we've, yeah, we've been doubling kind of for, for a while now. And that, that feels about right. Every time you, go way more than doubling you're like whoa this is like we're running out of product and we don't have enough capital to buy more and we're out of yeah. out of stock or if we go way under that like for a tiny minuscule sized business something like 20 percent growth doesn't feel like any growth um uh so we're, we're still just you know we're like a, cl- a closet size thing whereas if you're more up to scale i think um 10 or 20 percent growth sounds like it's a pretty pretty good target but um, yeah, but yeah, I think that's always changing. Yeah. I have a hard time with it sometimes. Like if I like, sometimes we have great months where we fucking crush, like every number I thought we would hit, we hit tenfold. Right. Like, and then that never holds forever. Yes. So like, I always feel worse after that happens than when we have solid month to month, like, okay, we yeah. eat 50% more this month, 30% more this month. Like that feels good to me. Yeah. When we hit something and like we get a viral thing or like an episode crushes, I'm, I almost have anxiety about it immediately because I'm like, this isn't going to hold. I'm going to like, all of these people don't give a fuck. Like they're just following along because the trend is hot and like, yeah. there's no, it's really hard to keep that. And then I end up feeling worse about it. So I, I kind of like the incremental growth a little more. I know like as a business owner, you're supposed to say like, Oh, you want it to fucking grow, 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 grow. And like I do, but I also, the way we built it in the beginning was to get people committed to it. And it sounds similar to what you guys are doing. Like I wanted people to actually care about what we were doing. And I didn't really care about how small that number was. I just cared about the percentage of people that actually gave a fuck about the brand. Yeah. And that, that was what, I hung my hat on for a long time and then like you start growing and then you're like, okay, the numbers do matter. And (laughs) I I don't know, it just kind of sets your, it like sets you back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be able to accept imperfection and accept like some, um, some, uh, tension between the purity of creation and creativity. And, you know, you guys make great original content and, you know, we make 
what I think are pretty whimsical creative products. And and that's like a, (laughs) it's a creation process. And then there's like commerce and commerce is this whole other thing. That's like cash flow and can you cover payroll this week? And, and I find if I'm wearing the business hat all the time and I'm like, well, I got to look at QuickBooks and see if we've itemized the credit card, right? If I do that all the time, then I just become like really dead inside um, because I don't really care about that stuff that much. Like I, I want everyone to get paid and I want things to succeed, but I'm not like, uh, you know, a meticulous uh, balancing my my books or anything like that. Um, <laughs> and And, but then if I'm just like the, creative playful founder that's like yeah well we gotta go to like you know this bike fest next month and then i'm gonna go to south america this other thing and network bro and i'm just like having as much fun as possible then everything kind of goes off the rails so you have the two sides that are like pushing against each other all the time and you have to be okay to just live with that tension um and find your own and find your own balance and i i find that like the business side is like the serious adult side um, for me, cause we're so new, um, that's the one I have to like put, keep in check a little bit and be like, all right, like it'll be okay. And then remember to go, you know, ride my bike and yeah. have fun and do the fun shit. Yeah. I mean, props to you for be able, being able to do both of those sides of the business because like it is difficult. Like I told you before we started, like I do the like creative fun shit and like do some actual work, but a lot of the actual, like, you know written work or like work on the computer like that's all ethan and and i without him i'd have a really difficult time making the business actual money and i think that's like that's always a difficult thing so for me it's great and sometimes we look at each other and we're like what the fuck are you what do you even do here you know yeah and like for to both of us because sometimes i'm just like i don't see him for a month and i'm like what what even happened you know but it's just like you you have the side there's two sides of the business, you know, and, and both of them need to function really well in order for a brand that is looking to be creative work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think when I'm doing a better job, I, I learn about how to do every detail. Like there's nothing you don't touch and you kind of learn it all. And then you let, yeah. and then you let someone that's way, way better than you to actually go and do that thing yeah. who, who's actually suited towards that role. But then, it's not like total gibberish and you kind of like, you know, you can look at like who, who's placing purchase orders or who's doing customer service and you can nod and go like, yeah, that looks about right. Like you should be able to kind of check people's work and kind of, kind of agree without micromanaging and just be like, yeah, that looks like what I think should be happening in that part of the business, but not like do it at all. Um, and and just put, put, (laughs) put people, put the right person in the right seat. Um, yeah, but yeah, we're- yeah, that part's huge, man. Like you got to figure out like how to let people do their jobs and like have people that you can trust that can do the job well, well enough that you don't feel like you have to be hands on. That's always like in the ski shop. That was always a thing for me. It's like if I feel like I have to go and do your job for you or like I feel like I'm doing your job better while doing all these other things, it's it's a problem, right? You want to hire people that you're like, I trust you and I know you can do this job really well, especially like you're focused on this one task and that that's worked out really well. I think for, for a lot of people that have been able to do that. Totally. What, where do you see the brand going long-term? I mean, it's kind of an open-ended question and honestly, it's like 
the shittiest question that I thought of beforehand, because like, I don't think anybody really knows like what's going to happen, but <laughs> I'm curious, like in your mind, what, what the next couple of years of Ripton looks like, because on paper, it's like, yeah, you're making denim. Like how much denim can you make? How much <laughs> denim can you sell to the outdoor world? Yeah. I mean, I have lots of ideas. I mean, I think, uh, you balance what the customer's asking for with what like you and your friends think is really cool and exciting. Um, you know, um, we're not really in retailers. We're in, we are in retailers, but we're in a really small selection of retailers and they order what has very conservative amounts of ripped in. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, we're tiny, so there's, there's plenty of, you know, you look at, truck selling a couple billion dollars of uh, garden slippers like uh you know there's a lot of there's a lot of market share out there to to grow i think um i don't know what's going to be right for us i think um you know getting into pants or long jorts or jants as we've been calling them has been fun in the last week and uh just getting a lot of good feedback there and, and trying different things but um you know we're 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 very self-funded we live we live paycheck to paycheck as they say in in business and uh, that can be really stressful so um i don't know what you know i i think it seems like and i've never done a, i've never run a business this is my first business so it seems like it seems like business is sort of like hit a scale where it's feeling like the right size and they kind of level out a little and and sort of settle into that size um so i'm not sure i have no idea what that what that size is i you know uh, we've already grown more than I ever, ever expected. So, um, that's already really, really mind blowing and, and really stressful. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think just like making, making new things, improving what we're already making, getting people excited. I like to see the kind of, I like to see the spark in people's eyes of like, dude, you made this, this is totally ridiculous. And I love it. So that kind of like, that kind of yeah. connect, that kind of connection with, with people and, in just irreverence for like, what the hell? Like, uh, you know, a denim, denim overall you ski in or a denim bike pant that's super thin and has tons of pockets. Like this is so weird and awesome. So I, I think that's, that's fun and it's still really new and experimental for us. And we're working with better and better designers. So, um, I get burnt out like in little waves, like temporarily burnt out where I just, am like feeling really like tired and just need to like go, take a couple of days off, but it's not like I'm fully, you know, people get totally burnt out on what they're doing in life or what they're, what they're working, yeah. wor what they're working on. I've been there before several times. So I'm not, I'm not at that point. It's still, still really, uh, it's still kind of wild and a wild ride and, and a good time. So, um, I don't, yeah, I can't, I can't tell, like you said, it, nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What did it feel a little like sacrilege to put out a pant or an overall or whatever? Like you guys are a jorts company, like through and through in the beginning, and then now we're making pants, which is very much the opposite. Or long jorts—they're <laughs> like very much the opposite thing. No, not. I mean, the, the jeans are a much more mass market product, so that feels a little like, oh man, you're competing with Zara's now or that sort of thing. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think the bike pant felt the most like that for me, um, because you know, bike pants were like the cool thing in like, I want to say 2020, 2021. It was all like maybe even before that, but like, where amongst my friends, it was like, oh, you don't have like 
the bike pants, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, like all of a sudden Santa Cruz went from all wearing shorts to wearing bike pants. Like even when it was really hot out, there was a period where people were just being ridiculous about it. Like I don't, it was probably like <laughs> mid COVID where it was like, I'm going to wear bike pants even when it's 90 and I'm like, okay. And everyone's like, I just like it. I just like it, man. Um, and it was kind of cause it was a new category, you know, the downhillers popularized that the enduro people started using it all the time, but it was really supposed to be sort of like a shoulder season. Like these are a little warmer and they're more protective cause I ride my bike really fast, but it sort of went, sort of went over the top. And now people I think are very more normalized. We're like, I have a bike pan and I have a bike short and I go back and forth or I have jorts. Um, so, you know, we did bi a bike pant this spring and part of me is just like bike pants are so stupid cause they're, they're just like trying really hard. You know, they're just trying to be like really serious. Like I'd rather people just in some ways, like my like sort of satirical critic is just like, you should just wear jeans if you're going to ride in pants, <laughs> which, which the, uh, you know, I don't know the free riders and stuff do that, but yeah, bike pants just felt like the next way for the outdoor industry to make you buy the next thing a little bit and they're expensive yeah so yeah they're super expensive but, and they're not super like a lot of them weren't super comfortable either it was like you're right it was a thing that people were just doing to do yeah, for a little while yeah and I, was, I, I was in the same boat where i was like i'm i'm fucking good on this i think like, yeah this is not a thing i think i need in my life i'm kind of a i'm kind of a minimalist so if i'm like you know there's a little bit where i'm like releasing bike pants so i gotta go ride in the bike pant but i'm like well, I kind of just want to wear jorts because it feels more like a fuck you, you know, like I'm just yeah. going to wear jorts. Um, yeah. But I don't know, you know, some people like ski in their bike pan. People do weird shit. I think um, you got to you got to try it and you can pretend to be a little serious for a little bit, but not not take that seriously for sure. Um, so but jeans were jeans were sort of something that like. Um, I would go to the denim factories. They were, first of all, we did surveys and our customers asked for pants or jeans. So it was the number one asked for thing. And then, uh, I would go to factories and they'd be like, you know, I'd be in Turkey and they'd be like, Elliot, so you're doing the, those jorts and the, like the salo pit, they were called like overall salo pit. And they're like, you, uh, <laughs> this is real company. Like you are, have food to eat. Like they thought it was so crazy that I could make money like and not die uh with those two categories so they were like do you realize like zara and amazon are like 99 percent jeans like just because people do people buy jeans we you know we 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 replace our pants like a little more often than you go buy a new jean jacket or something at least in the denim category um and yeah. and so uh you know yeah that and, and then we and then we were able because i was very intimidated by jeans we hired um, some incredible, incredible designers to like help us design them. So the, the level that they were designed is like really high. So, um, it's been a good, it's been a good experience and we've, we've made them kind of unique and different. And I think the response has been really good, but you know, I haven't cut a pair of our jeans off into jorts yet, but I'm kind of like, that's a pretty <laughs> funny thing to do. Right. Um, uh, it's a good bit. Yeah. It's a good bit for sure. There's something there. Um, I'm working on a coverall right now. I feel like cutting a coverall into a jorts coverall. It's like covering your whole body, but then you have jorts would be a pretty good, like, you know, that would be a good spring skiing outfit or, or downhill bike park or something. But I don't know. Just yeah. keep keeping things fresh and different, I think, is 
fun. That's like, like fashion is such a silly world and industry, like the Zoolander world. But, uh, yeah, but, but the, the cool part of fashion is just that it's purely creative, you know? And, uh, and I think that's like out, outdoor can use a little more of that, like purely creative yeah. influence. Yeah, I agree. And are there brands that you look at right now in the outdoor space that you think are doing a good job at kind of letting some creativity go? Because I think, I, I think that there have been more lately that have kind of popped on that trend and started to do more like, yeah, sure. It's still fairly technical, but it's a little more chill than what they would have had in the past. Right. Almost like this, like overkill. Yeah. Chill category has become a thing. Um, do you have other examples? I feel like you probably know. I mean, I, I try to keep my eyes out, but do you have any examples for us? I don't know. Like I, six, eight, six comes to mind, right? Like, cause they did like everywhere pant yep. like that does really well for them. And like, they've kind of expanded that category to be, I don't know, a little more fun, a little more loose, like still technical, but we're going with some of the trending styles. And I think there's a lot of things that they do well in that category. There's a lot of things that they do shitty as a brand, but there's, there is a more creative vibe that seems to be coming in heavy with the crew that they have on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I've seen them marketing through biking, which I think is, is cool and creative. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think most of the really cool shit's happening on the fringes and happening in, you know, people's minds. And, uh, and I, I like, I like the collab, the collaboration culture and, you know, some of these bigger, yeah. bigger brands, um, uh, pulling in smaller collabs with like funkier, smaller designy. I think we're in a real, we're in a real maximal era where, where things are really bright and we're, we're putting a lot of like script onto products and we're, um, we're baggy and loud and bright. And, and that's, you know, it's, I don't know if it's that eighties or nineties or, or what it is, but it's, it's kind of fun when I think it intersects with these serious brands, you know, when you take like the North face and then yeah. you splash like, spray paint all over something it's yeah it's like a really well-designed product like the all the nike collabs and stuff i think are kind of cool um so i think like getting a bit of that artistry and then like a more mass-produced product and intersecting those things is kind of cool um but uh yeah i don't know um Sometimes. I think like what I had in my head too was like Nicole McLaughlin with Arteryx, right? Like that was the thing that like I was surprised by when it first happened. But then when it happened, I was like, oh, this actually makes a lot of sense for the brand. Like, and it's not like they made a ton of them or they were like readily available for everybody to buy, but they started like marketing a lot of what she did and she made as like, look, Arteryx is cool. We're like remaking some of this stuff and like we're you know, yeah, we're an expensive, super high tech brand, but we're trying to be like, you know, almost like this niche collab style. Like we want that aspect of the business. Um, explain that for us. What was the, who's, who's that? Arteryx and, uh, Nicole McLaughlin. Yeah. Like just the, and they did a series of like a bunch of different collabs where like they were super limited release, like not a ton of people could buy them, but the, the idea, I guess, and the marketing behind it was to like bring these creators that people really liked on the internet and then bring them to real life and actually make some of that shit. And I think that's really cool for a bigger brand, like you mentioned with North Face, like a bigger brand like Arteryx to go in and, and do something like that where in past years they might have acted like they're above that kind of thing yes 
Yeah, I think that's really you know I mean? really fun. Yeah, and just like the sky, you can just keep you can just keep riffing on that and um, and finding new ways to intersect like just purely creative people with you know the bigger brands that make a great product, but maybe are are missing some of that soul or or just like relentless creativity. Um, on yeah. On the tech side of things for you guys, like how techy are we trying to go? Like how deep down the tech hole are you going to go with jorts? You know, my uh, my winter overalls uh, were really expensive. They're like a $20 fabric and they had beech tree cellulose and, um, you know, recycled polyester. And they were just like a really high-end fabric. And they didn't necessarily, made, which made them more expensive. And so they didn't like, they didn't necessarily sell that well. Um, so I find that, with Ripton so far, there is a really, there's a super kind of specific price consciousness at a certain level. Um, so I don't know if we grow and we can try like crazier stuff. It is fun to try really crazy fabrics, but I think people are going to us also because of like the whimsical, lighthearted, yeah. playful, kind of gritty, rebellious energy. And so they're like, well, I just want some freaking jorts that are stretchy and sick. I don't want them to be $200, you know? So you know, yeah. I, I, I like, cause I'm curious and like trying new fabrics, I'll try stuff. It's more complex and expensive, but I don't always get that. People don't always bite on that. They, they yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know. There's so much cool. There's so many cool, uh, fabrics and so many cool directions to take it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I almost wonder like if doing like a Gore-Tex line jort is like a cop out in a way, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, you just, you're doing it because it says Gore-Tex on it and <laughs> you appease this other corner of the market, you know? Yeah. And I kind of feel like that sometimes, but there's like, there's a lot of shit that I buy that I'm like, this is so overkill for what I need, but like, I like it because it's overkill. So I kind of go back and forth where I'm like, this is fucking dumb. It's expensive doesn't make sense yeah and i like it because of the branding or i like it because of the way that it looks or feels but then i'm like it is kind of dumb like i'm just <laughs> i'm just paying for it to pay for it you know but people do do that um i'm I'm a, I'm a little into like i'm a little curious about trying like patchwork of synthetic like little bits of synthetic in with denim because it's just so like it just kind of thro- yeah. it throws you off you're like holy fuck there's like gene and then there's like synthetic like you know ripstop like what the hell so i'm like dabbling in some of that stuff i think it's kind of cool um we're like yeah dabbling with some insulation or some fill or some some things like that but um but i think it's got to be kept in check because um there's something kind of raw and simplistic about what we're doing too so if there's you know 800 pockets or it's like kind of like a gucci product then it yeah, yeah, yeah. it starts <laughs> to sort of drift into this fashiony like expensive world and you're like well we kind of did this to be able to not wear our like really expensive ski jacket all, right. all day or you know so but you shouldn't be totally confined and you should be able to uh be contradictory in your nature sometimes um when you're creative right yeah yeah, for sure. I think that's a that's a battle everybody will have like that tries to create a product. It's like do you deviate too much from what you started making it for in the beginning, you know? Yeah, and the bigger you get, the harder it is to probably go off script. So have all the fun with that when you're small. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, all right. One of the last things I want to ask you, um, if people are looking at buying a pair of Riptons, what, what is the selling point in your mind? If you're like, if you're telling people about them, like why, why should people buy a pair of Riptons? Like I have my reasons that I really like them, but I don't know that they're the same reasons that you guys sell them for. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm curious to hear your kind of pitch on, on the product as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I think performance denim is just a really fun category and we're just scratching the surface on all the ways like you're going to be able to see it from us and other people are trying dabbling in it as well. Um, you, you're going to have more fun when you're out there, um, whatever sort of activity, whether you're camping or hiking or, or just hanging out, going to the bar, it's going to be stretchier, more comfortable. We have insulate insulative denim. That's like, keeps you warm. Um, we've got, you know, really like the jorts are really thin and stretchy and comfy. So they look, very like classic jorts, but they're a lot more comfortable. Um, and we're really like, we're nerding out on it. Like the, the, the diesel or the black jorts are like a really expensive recycled polyester post-industrial cotton hybrid fabric. That's stupidly expensive, like probably five, six times what one of the bigger outdoor brands are going to use for a fabric. So we're like pretty much direct to consumer. We're not really, we're losing money. We we're like, we're just giving, we're giving you a lot of the, we're giving you a lot of the value. Like, you know, if it, if it costs us a bunch to make something and, you know, by the time it's on sale, it's at less than what cost us to make it. So, you know, I think, I think there is a lot of disruption in the direct to consumer world and like Zara's and H and M and Shein are just like, are just like doing that with, you know, sweatshop labor and like charging you $8 for something. And that's kind of fucked up and weird. But, you know, with a quality product, you can also like, you know, bring the price point down, give someone a lot more quality for the price they're paying. So, um, you know, what the thought and time and, and sort of uh, effort we're putting into our what we're making, they're not actually very cheap to make. Um, and um, and we're always working on price points. So just squeezing our own margins um, and a lot of it, you're getting a lot of bang for your buck and. Um, we're doing it in, in creative ways and just trying to bring, bring newness and a lot of it, you know, a lot of like what's coming out this fall and a lot of what we're already selling right now, is just good everyday, everyday product. That's going to be a lot more interesting than your, your, um, you know, your fast fashion jeans or, or apparel. So, um, you're not going to see these fabrics, um, and you're not going to see, it's just, it's just unique, it's just unique and different. Um, it is, and so yeah. I think, uh, you know, uh, start, start small. If you're a total ski bomb, I was having like an, a lighthearted combo with a girl in the, in the DMS today about like being unemployed. And I was like, all right, well, I'll give you like a more of a discount and you can like buy this thing on sale. And then like the jorts are $20 and like, you know, there's some ways to like get into some stuff pretty cheap if we're clearing it out or something. Um, and, um, and if people are doing better and, earn a little more, have a little more money. They can just pick whatever they want off the site and get exactly what they want. But, um, but we want it, you know, we, we've, I've had basically very little money most of my life. So I want to make it, I want to feel like I would feel welcome and feel like I could buy something from us. Um, if it wasn't my thing, you know, so that's a, that's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think happens if you go and you pitch the brand, on Shark Tank tomorrow, 
Like I'm just listening to you talk about like mar like squeezing your own margins, not making money, and I'm like I'm I'm imagining this conversation in front of that crowd yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, I think that's the problem, right? Is like if you have to cater towards investors all the time and that's your only like that's right. all that matters, then you're like, Well, why don't we make our jeans for six dollars and then you could have this huge margin and then you know, the customer's losing out in that, right? So you know, doing things that are a little stupid early on can be smarter down the road. Um, so I don't think I'd be that good. I'm not that good at explaining Ripton to like the layman to like the person off the street, um, because it seems really stupid and paradoxical. Um, so I'm like, yeah, don't you want a jean jacket for skiing? And they're like, what are you talking about? Are you trying to, are you trying <laughs> like, you talk to like old guys at events sometimes you're like, are you trying to like, am I, am I on candid camera right now, son? Are you making fun of me? Um, yeah. You're trying to sell me jorts for biking or what? You've lost your mind. You know, they'll get all they'll get all mad at you. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. Like, I'm going to stop trying to explain this to you. Um, so, yeah, I think sometimes I have trouble explaining it to to um, a broader audience or people that aren't already kind of up to speed on outdoor. And um, But, I mean, we're like I said, we're making a really unique, more comfortable, better product than what you're seeing in, in general apparel. Um, and I think you know, while it's hard to outcompete a technical garment company and like baking something better than Patagonia makes in an insulated jacket, I'm not going to try to do that. And that's already, like you said, that's already all your friends watching you and they all, you know, your friends run those companies and we're not necessarily, we're not trying to beat out the outdoor industry. Like we're part of that community. Um, but if we can be competitive with the apparel industry, which is like a really big space, um, just what we wear every day on a daily basis, that feels more of a blue ocean for me and it feels more like exciting and it feels more collaborative and less competitive. So that's, that's also part of like doing jeans and stuff. It's like, uh, I'm not trying to like get all the athletes from the other bike apparel brands and get them as ripped in people. I don't think about it like that. I don't, I don't think about it being competitive like that. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I luckily like we've just been really bootstrapped and I don't think we would do that great on shark tank. I think some of our growth, <laughs> numbers uh would look kind of cool for people but uh but we're doing it we're doing it for fun and and it's it's it should feel pure and and, and honest and sort of like a cultural commentary so um if you're doing it for pure pure numbers and and volume and that sort of thing uh, only three years in you're i think you're sort of you know it, it shouldn't be like that you've kind of lost your way a little bit yeah yeah i agree um, yeah, dude. And that, before I say this, this is not for people listening like this whole, com this is not a paid conversation. This is not like a product plug for any reason other than I really like the product. So like I, for me, I really like them because for a couple reasons, but like one of the main reasons is that I'm gross. Like I like doing activities and I like being able to like leave my house, go ride to work, be at work all day and like be in the same pair of shorts and then go hang out, go to the bar, go ride my mountain. And like, I can do all of the same things and I don't feel like I'm out of place in any of those situations when I'm in these things. And I think that for me is the biggest win for the product is like, I, I wear them and I'm like, okay, this is, this is it. I don't have to think about it beyond that initial like i'm putting these on today and and i really like that versus like like i told you in the beginning like when i was bike racing it's like oh i need my kit i need this i need that i need that and it's like no i need helmet bike shoes jorts and then like that's pretty much all i need and i can run with whatever whatever else i need to do yeah 
Yeah, I, I think um, I think one of the cool things about denim and Ripton and, and workwear in general is that it looks cooler over time. And, uh, yeah. you know, you're seeing all the Gen Zers wearing a lot of Carhartt, a lot of workwear lately. And um, it just looks cooler the more you use it and the more you break it in and the more you wear it, the more you get paint all over it and dirt all over it. Um, and denim's like that, Ripton's like that. And I think outdoor is a little more in this sleek, like it looks the coolest right when you get it sort of thing. Um, so I like that. Yeah. I like that in a product. And I like that in a garment. I think we're in a very digital, sleek, clean, you know, world. And so having things that like actually build character over time, like a pair of Kinko's gloves or, um, you know, your, your denim that you take to your little local ski hill or whatever you're mountain biking in. Um, I, I think that's a really cool property of a, of a product or, or something you use. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. For well, sure. thanks for the plug, man. Yeah, of course. Like it's, uh, yeah, the stuff is really good. I'm psyched on it. I know a lot of people are psyched on it and, uh, and I hope it keeps going well, man. I think this is awesome. Um, where, where can people find Ripton online? Where can people hit you up on social, whether it's Ripton or you personally like give people, give people the way to get at you. Yeah, we're, we're on, um, we're, uh, Ripton, um, Riptonco.com, Ripton.co. Those are the two URLs that were available. Lifeisjort.com, Jortly, J-O-R-T-L-Y.com, uh, Jorts.com. The guy doesn't want to sell it to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, up. We, he's, he's put us, he's featured us on jorts.com. Um, but, uh, ripped in, <laughs> underscore co is our Instagram. I mean, we're pretty easy to find. We, we like banter. We like banter in our DMS. We talked to a lot of people. If you have a, you know, if you want a denim power skirt for, for your tennis Wimbledon championships next year, uh, you know, throw us some weird ideas. I love hearing just people's strange <laughs> denim ideas, denim, <laughs> denim socks, denim, denim, a jong, a denim thong, you know, whatever weird ideas people have, it's fun to hear and it just keeps me going. Um, so yeah, um, we probably can't make it, but we'll try, you know. <laughs> awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, this has been great. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me.